praise the Lord, church. I certainly want him to be the strength of my life, especially right now. You can be seated if you would like. I, Sister Morales, I was hoping she'd just keep going on. <laughs> I appreciate the Lord. I do give honor to my husband and to Bishop and his family. I know he told me not to, but I would beat myself up if I left here and didn't. So I, I very much appreciate this church family. You know the Masseys are the crying Masseys, so just let us be. <laughs> I figured if my husband can be on the uh, platform grind, I can too, right? The <laughs> Maybe that'll settle my nerves. I'm so nervous. I, I have spoken before way in the past. Um, this is different. I've never been in a church at this level. And I've never been at this level, so I'm in uncharted territory. I'm so cautious. You hear the way the Lord is speaking, and I want to make sure I'm hearing exactly what He wants me to. I do want to talk for just a minute, and I'm going to try to hurry. This Tennessee accent slows me down a little bit, so I'm going to try to speed it up. Um, I do want to talk for just a minute about trusting my bishop. I feel like I need to be transparent, and I don't want to be, Sister Ruth, but I feel like I need to tell you why the Lord spoke to me the way he did. About 12 years ago, uh, 10, I don't know, decade ago, right? My husband and I were in a church. um, We were very close to the pastor and his wife, very close. My husband was actually that pastor's armor bearer. We considered them like family. We were with them all the time. Um, Loved them very much. And uh, things took place. Um, The Lord wasn't in some of it. And I want to be cautious. I never want to speak bad about anybody. But things were taking place. And there was a particular Sunday night. My husband was out of town. Things happen when he's out of town. I don't know why. I hate for him to go out of town. Oh. Tell him not to, Bishop. (laughs) So he was out of town. I don't think it would have took place the way it did if he was there. But anyway, he was out of town. And um, part of the leadership uh, got behind the pulpit. um, Embarrassed me. Humiliated me. And it was not done in the right spirit. So I knew the Lord was either fixing to move us or things were going to change. That service was very hard and it was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. So the Lord eventually did move us and thanks, um, the Lord ordered our footsteps here. Thank the Lord. He ordered our footsteps here and about a year ago, there was a particular service that Bishop was preaching and he began to talk about how Some of us needed to go to that place that the devil took something from us. You need to go back to that place um, and and take that back. And I remember it so vividly because, again, my husband was out of town. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) he had called me and was like, well, what did Bishop preach about? So I was trying to tell him. And I remember thinking in my mind, Man, I don't know who that message was for, but God really didn't move. <laughs> you ever done that? I mean, I'm sure the Lord was going, what? What am I going to do with her? So that very next Sunday, Sister Barlow got up. 
And she began to give her testimony. And it, man, it touched my heart about how she ended up going back to the courthouse. And, and God restored some things for her. And it was hard. And as soon as she was finished, Bishop got back up and began to say, you got to go back to that place. You got to take, if, 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 even if you just have to go with your mind. So I'm, I'm bowing my head and I'm praying. And the Lord brings me to that service I just described to you that was hard. I had built walls, prayed very hard not to become bitter, and that was hard. But the Lord helped me with that, but I had built walls with trusting. So the Lord took me back to that service, and he spoke to me. And he didn't speak to me audibly. It probably would have scared me to death. It was just thoughts going through my mind. And he said, at that moment, you quit trusting the man of God in your life. I'm like, yeah, I did, Lord. He said, and the Lord is so good because he'll always speak and give me an illustration because I seem to understand him a little better. He said, it's like you're in a deluge or a rainstorm and you're holding an umbrella that has holes in it. He said, your covering is incomplete when you don't trust the man of God. I'm like, oh, Lord, please. And then he continued. I'm like, I don't know how much more I can take. But he continued. He said, I have not been able to use you like I have wanted to because I love you enough not to expose you to certain things in the spirit with an incomplete covering. He said, so you have got to right now begin to trust this man. And I said, Lord, you know I can't. In my mind, y'all, I thought it's going to be 10 years. He's going to have to earn my trust. You know, I've been through some stuff. <laughs> you know how we tell the Lord? I do anyway. And then the Lord always rebukes me. But it sounds good at the moment. <laughs> but I did. I was serious. I said, God, you know you're going to have to help me. And I began to pray. I said, God, I want you to show me in your word where it talks about me needing to trust this man. So he takes me to Ezekiel chapter 33. I really asked him why he took me to Ezekiel because sometimes I don't understand Ezekiel, but he took me there. So chapter 33 and verse 1, Ezekiel's talk, or the Lord is talking to Ezekiel and he is recording it. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman. So let's think about this. When the Lord wrote the parables, they were for me because I understand them a little better. So he's, he's given them a natural for instance. So if we are a city and we as the people in the city want to put a watchman to watch for the enemy coming, what kind of watchman are we going to choose? I know what I would choose. I'm going to choose somebody that's not going to fall asleep on the job. I'm going to choose somebody that um, is not worried about what time supper is. They're actually going to do their job and watch. I'm going to choose somebody that I trust, that will love me and my family enough to warn me when the enemy is coming. So if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. A watchman church is somebody that will peer into the distance. They see things that we will never see. 
they are able to see the enemy. They're able to know when he's coming and in what form he's coming in. And their whole job is to warn us. And the watchman of this church is Bishop. There are things that the Lord will tell him that he'll never speak to me about. There are things that he will wake him up about in the middle of the night that I am sleeping good. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Lord... <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> I really didn't know I was funny sometimes. Um... <laughs> My nerves coming out. The Lord goes on to say in Ezekiel 33 and and talks about his responsibility as the watchman. I don't understand why some people want want that job. I really don't. Uh, The Lord called him to this position. But you see some people that just, oh, they they think they got it and they know how to do it. I, I don't understand it because when the Lord begins to tell Ezekiel, you're the watchman over Israel. And if you don't tell them what I tell you to tell them, your blood is going to be on their hands. If you tell them and they don't listen, it's on their hands. But if you don't tell them what I said, it's on you, pal. What a responsibility. But church, how important is it that we must trust our bishop in this season that we're in? Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. I've heard this preached before. Usually it was when I was in trouble, but I heard this, I've heard this several times preached. But the word of the Lord says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. I want to focus on something for a minute. When I look at the word obey, I immediately think of my daughter. (laughs) And you know, I'm like, okay, Hannah, go clean your room. You better obey me. That's what I think obey means. I looked it up in the original Greek. In the obey, obey actually means in that context to trust in or have confidence in. The Lord got me. So the Bible says, when you read it that way, trust in them that have the rule over you. To have the rule over you means that they must lead or guide you. So trust them that lead and guide you and submit. Submit means, breaking it down in the original, means to yield or surrender. So trust in or have confidence in them that guide you. For th- and submit yourselves or surrender, for they watch for your souls. Church, when the Lord be- told me, if I don't want to do anything else, I want to please the Lord, and I've always had a desire to be used of Him. And when He told me He has not used me like He could because I wasn't trusting the man of God, It bothered me, and I had wondered for a couple of years there why I felt like I was at a stalemate. I wasn't understanding why I kind of was staying in the same place. I didn't really feel like I was going too far back, but I certainly wasn't going forward. And it was simply, church, because I wasn't trusting the man of God. 
Every time I pray now, it seems like I say, God, I trust you. And Lord, I trust my bishop. I need the enemy church to know that I trust this man. Because more than anything, I want to see God move in this last day. I promise I am almost finished, but I feel like I need to, to go to this other passage of Scripture. This, this particular story is in three different books. I'm going to try to be quick, and I'm going to try to just highlight it. But it's about Ezekiel. He was king over Judah. And in Second Chronicles, it talks about him being a good man. He loved the Lord. He got rid of all the idols. He did everything to put God first, church. Sounds to me a lot like our bishop trying to follow the leading of God more than anybody else. So the king of Assyria, I'm not even going to try to say the man's name, wanted to take over and invade. Hezekiah prepared the people, told them in advance what to do. The Bible says, Second Chronicles chapter 32 and verse 7, this is Hezekiah talking to his people, Be strong and courageous, be not afraid nor dismayed, for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him, encouraging his people. Verse 8, with him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us. To fight our battles, and the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Look at that, the people rested themselves. When you look that up, it means they took hold of. Church, the people took hold of themselves upon the words that Hezekiah spoke. I challenge you, if you're not taking hold of this man's words when he is speaking, he is not speaking of his own accord, but it is the Holy Ghost speaking through him. If you are not taking hold of those, you must start now. If you want to see God move, you must take a hold of those words. The only reason, church, that they were saved is because they take a hold of this man's word. They listened to their king. They didn't turn their deaf ear that way, but they heard his words. And they didn't hear it and let it fall by the wayside. But there was something that went down on the inside that they took a hold of. And when that king come to them, they did not follow Everything that king said that they could have. The king of Assyria sent several servants to promise them so many things. What, 2,000 horses? So many horses, you don't even have enough riders for them. Began to tell them all these things. Why are you believing Hezekiah? Hezekiah doesn't know what he's talking about. Look at what we can do. Several times they said, do not be deceived by Hezekiah. And began to completely run Hezekiah down. I don't want to do this. But more than I don't want to do this, I want to be obedient to the Lord.
we got to be careful, church. What we say. We have to trust this man. And we have to be careful we're not putting our mouth on him. I was up early Monday morning and uh, just meditating on the Lord. Tried to go back to sleep. He didn't let me. So I was up just thinking. A lot of times I don't even open my mouth when he wakes me up in the middle of the night. I just kind of think. Let the let just thoughts come to me. Let the Lord speak to me. And the Lord uh, showed me faces. I, I didn't see the face. I didn't see any of the faces. I don't know who these people were. But all I could see were their tongues just going really fast. And the Lord said there are wagging tongues. Jesus talks slang, so I understand it. Thank goodness. (laughs) But I understand wagging tongues is not a good thing, church. And it bothered me. So that morning, the Lord took me to these scriptures, and I'm ending. Ezekiel, again, why does he keep taking me to Ezekiel? Chapter 33 and verse 30. The Lord again is talking to Ezekiel, and he says, Also, thou son of man. Before this, the Lord was really upset with Israel. Once again, they were not doing what they were supposed to do. This is what he tells Ezekiel. Also, thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses and speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, hear what is the word that cometh from the Lord. They come unto thee as the people cometh. They sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love. All their actions are right. That's not scripture, that's me inputting. They're doing everything right. Everything looks good. But their heart goeth after their covetousness. Or they pursue their own gain in the New King James. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument, for they hear thy words, but they do not do them. Church, I challenge you tonight to do what I did. And I was honest with God. I said, God, I don't know how to trust this man unless you help me. Don't let your past hurts cause you not to trust this man. And for certain, church, let's not put our mouth on him. There's a work to do in this region, and I don't want to be left behind. The Lord led him to do impartation. And I've not yet operated in it. But I need the enemy to know that I not only trust God, but I trust this man.
Don't let people talk about him. Don't let the kings of Assyria of this world send servants to try to get you not to trust this man. I don't trust in his abilities as a man, but I trust with everything I got that he humbles himself before God and he talks to him about what I need. the name of Jesus. I have to be honest, I don't really know what to do. But I feel the presence of the Almighty. leave this place tonight church without making sure that we are lined up with our bishop we could all stand take just a moment and examine our own hearts let's make sure there's nothing 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 getting in the way of what God wants to do the name of Jesus God I pray your perfect will God I trust you and I trust my bishop Break any walls, God, that are in the lives of your people. In the name of Jesus.